From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. After more than 100 days of strict lockdown, Victorians finally have a new path out of restrictions. Yesterday's announcement by Premier Daniel Andrews signals a more gradual easing than the government originally hoped after outbreaks amongst frontline workers led to a spike in case numbers. Today, Osman Faruqi on the story behind Victoria's slower path out of lockdown and where the risk now lies. Oz, a highly anticipated announcement from the Victorian Premier, Daniel Andrews, yesterday. What did he say? Everyone right to go? Firstly, I'll run through the numbers of the day as quickly as I can, uh, and then we'll move on. So he announced some easing of restrictions. From 11.59pm tonight, there will be no time limit on leaving your home for exercise or for socialising. You're now allowed to travel up to 25 kilometres from your home. That's up from the previous restriction of five kilometres. Outdoor gatherings will increase to 10 people from two households. Some outdoor sports like golf, tennis and skate parks have reopened. Hairdressers have also reopened and there's already very, very long wait lists for people desperate to get a haircut. Uh, However, retail and hospitality remain closed, though the Premier did announce that they could open with restrictions from November 1st, which is a couple of weeks away. We just have a little longer to go, just a little longer to go in order to see off this second wave, to defeat this second wave. Okay, and so how does this compare to what was supposed to happen? Well, we're not too far off the initial roadmap at this stage, but there are still some pretty key differences. Uh, Originally, we were supposed to see state home orders removed after they'd been in place for over 100 days and the reopening of retail, restaurants, bars and cafes uh, that were allowed to be open for outdoor dining. I know and understand that not everything everybody wanted is in the announcements I've made today. I just make this point. I've announced today what is safe. The Premier was really clear yesterday that the easing that he announced does need to be done much more gradually than initially planned, because even though the case numbers have been really low over the past few days, there have been a couple of key outbreaks recently that have given us a higher daily average and more mystery cases than we were expecting. Let's talk about these key outbreaks, Oz. The the biggest one is the Chadston Shopping Centre cluster. So how did that start? So this cluster at Chadston, it really has its genesis in one contract cleaner who worked at a butcher's shop. The shutters were down and deep cleaning was underway at the butcher club in Chadston today after an infectious staff member spent four days working there last week. That cleaner lived in a household of nine people, so quite a large household, and it's thought that they contracted the virus from one of their family members who they also lived with. Almost a third of today's 15 new cases can be traced to a single household. That then led to customers and staff across the entire centre being asked to come forward for testing. Chadston's Butcher Club outbreak has now spread to at least 16 suburbs. By the end of last week, there were nearly 20 staff and customers directly linked to Chadston who were COVID positive. The Chadston Butcher super spreader has added another four infections to the shopping centre cluster. The virus didn't just stop at customers and staff, it, it kept spreading. It spread to two regional towns. 
The community not taking any chances after an outbreak at Chadston Shopping Centre spread to regional Victoria. One of the staff members at the Butchers Club lived with his dad, who was a truck driver, and he travelled through regional Victoria for work and he stopped at those two towns, interacted with people there and passed on the virus. And that cluster is now linked to over 50 infections. All of this stuff is on the public record, but what isn't is something that I've confirmed, which is that the outbreak at Chadston has also spread to staff who work at a hospital in Melbourne. So the Chadston cluster is now linked to a hospital. What do we know about how that happened? So there's been infections at the Cabrini Hospital in Malvern, and they've been linked to the Chadston cluster. But the only reason we know about this is because of inquiries that I made after I received a tip-off. We really don't know much about what's happening in other hospitals across the state. And that's despite calls from healthcare workers for more transparency about what's happening in their workplaces. We need to make sure we keep our healthcare workers protected. We need to write accurate numbers of who's actually uh, being uh, furloughed from work or uh, being infected. So on top of the infections at the Cabrini Hospital, I've also confirmed that staff at four more hospitals in Melbourne have tested positive for COVID-19 in the past couple of weeks, and none of those locations has been publicly disclosed. That's a concern for staff who work there, but also for patients and the wider community, who I think at this stage in the pandemic really want as much information about what's happening with the virus as possible. We've seen uh, outbreaks in hospitals around the city. We need to make sure these people are protected. And there is one hospital outbreak that has been publicised, and it's probably the biggest concern at the moment. It's an outbreak at the Box Hill Hospital. A patient and two staff from Box Hill Hospital are tonight at the centre of a concerning new coronavirus outbreak. By the end of last week, there were 12 cases linked to the cluster there. We know how quickly health clusters can spread. Parts of the hospital are currently closed for deep cleaning and staff in close contacts are being isolated and tested. The department has just... And I think it's also really important to, to remember that when we're talking about these outbreaks at, at, in healthcare settings, often we think about doctors and nurses, and that has been a big chunk of who has contracted the virus. But they're not the only kinds of staff working in healthcare settings who are getting COVID-19. I mean, for example, at the Box Hill cluster, one of the staff who got the virus was actually a cleaner. And I've also discovered that there have actually been 160 cleaners working across hospitals in Victoria and other healthcare settings who've tested positive to COVID-19. So these are issues for all sorts of staff working in these high-risk environments. Oz, what is all of this telling us about the way in which COVID-19 is spreading and, and what's going wrong still in Victoria? I think it highlights a really specific problem. And and that's that, look, despite the lockdown where millions have been confined to their homes and, and most businesses aren't operating as usual, there are still a significant number of people doing essential work, like cleaning. And often those workers, they're in really economically desperate situations. They're largely migrant workers or international students, and they've been cut off from federal government income support. So they're desperate for work, and they're often working multiple jobs at the same time, living in crowded housing with shared bathrooms. All of these things basically create the perfect condition for COVID-19 to spread. 
And there's there's actually one company in particular here in Victoria which has got key contracts across big shopping centres, aged care facilities, even the hotel quarantine program, as well as schools. And that company has notified the government of more COVID-19 cases amongst its staff than any other organisation in the state outside of hospitals and aged care facilities. And, and that company is spotless. And I've spoken to one of their former employees who's highlighted a whole series of really major concerns about the way staff working for Spotless on the front line during the height of this second wave were being treated by the company. We'll be back in a moment. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Oz, you've been talking to a whistleblower who used to work at Spotless, which is the company that's been involved in in key contracts uh, across Victoria. What have they said to you and is what they've said in contrast at all to what the company itself has been saying about its practices? Yeah, so there's been a large number of cases linked to Spotless staff in Victoria. And Spotless, the company, tell me that they've done everything they can do to support infected staff as well as prevent transmission risk across their workplaces. But one former Spotless employee got in touch with me actually after I did reporting on Spotless staff contracting the virus whilst working in hotel quarantine. And they they worked for the company throughout the second wave as a cleaner, and, and they really disputed what Spotless had told me about their risk management approaches. This former cleaner wanted to remain anonymous because they were scared that they might face retribution from the company for speaking up, which I guess kind of highlights one of the challenges of, of telling this story. And They told me that when they worked, staff weren't given adequate PPE. And and for example, they were asked to wear their own masks when they came to work. They also told me that there was no attempt by the company to organise staff rosters in a way that minimised interaction between workers and and therefore kind of limited the chance for the virus to spread amongst, you know, the teams working as cleaners. The former cleaner told me that these issues around workplace safety were were really exacerbated by the fact that almost everyone they worked with was an international student who was desperate for work and and too scared to speak up because they didn't want to lose their job. Eventually, they quit the job after the company denied that staff they were working alongside had tested positive. They said that they just no longer felt safe and even though they needed the work, they just would rather not work than continue to work in such an unsafe environment. Right. And all of this is significant, obviously, because Spotless, as you've just said, is 
is a company that's had more notifications as a result of staff testing positive for COVID-19 than any other organisation in the state. So what do we know about that? Where have those cases been? It's a really great question, Ruby. And even though Spotless has got quite a large number of contracts working in a whole range of different settings and have confirmed a significant number of their staff have tested positive. They wouldn't provide me with a breakdown of where those staff worked. But one of the biggest outbreaks amongst spotless staff was actually at the Chadston Shopping Centre, believe it or not. And that's not related to this current outbreak. This is another outbreak that happened there back in August. There were nine cleaners working for Spotless who who tested positive for COVID-19 within the space of of about a week. And a number of other staff working at the centre for for different shops also tested positive. But the biggest group of infections came from Spotless cleaners. And to be really clear, like I said, there's no link between what happened in August and, and the most recent case. The cleaner at the most recent outbreak doesn't work for Spotless. Though I think it's really extraordinary that we've got this big cluster now at Chadston, which was the result of a contract cleaner working at the centre. And a couple of months ago, there was another cluster at the exact same shopping centre also related to cleaners. So these outbreaks really highlight the kind of precarious situation that we're in. These workers are working jobs that keep being associated with positive COVID cases. And we're seeing how quickly the virus can spread from those vulnerable cohorts into the wider community. Mm -hmm. So Oz, is there a solution here? Because we're seeing ongoing cases of COVID-19 among healthcare workers and outbreaks sparked by vulnerable workers like contract cleaners. So what's going to happen? Is this just going to, to hold Melbourne in lockdown indefinitely? The government is seemingly shifting its approach. It's no longer relying on hard and fast targets that were pretty ambitious the way that they first were. And I think that's an acknowledgement that it's very, very hard to break transmission chains when you're talking about these high-risk settings. And I spoke to Professor Catherine Bennett, who's the Chair of Epidemiology at Deakin University. There's going to be risk everywhere, but it's about managing risk, and that's something that we're getting better and better at all the time. She said that even though we've got continued cases in these high-risk areas, they don't need to be a reason why we're in lockdown in perpetuity. So I do think the combination of that really targeted approach to locking down around cases and clusters, as well as focusing on that early warning systems that we have, particularly the the sentinel surveillance of high-risk workplaces. She told me that we just need to get smarter and more targeted about how we deal with those outbreaks. How so? How would we do that? Well, that could involve things like testing staff in high-risk industries, regardless of whether or not they've got symptoms. And that's happening in some industries, like like abattoirs, which were uh, a key source of outbreaks early on in Victoria. But it's not happening for healthcare workers or cleaners. So it's those things that give not just the broader population and community, but also industry and workplaces, the agency, <laughs> you know, to actually help determine our destiny. And, and we will have to live with the virus for some time. And I do think you know, we can do that. Of course, the deeper issue here is the fact that we've just got a significant group of people in this country who don't have proper income support, who aren't being looked after in the middle of a pandemic and feel like they need to work these jobs, even if it's putting them at risk in terms of their health and safety. 
I mean, that's an issue that needs to have be looked at much more deeply, much more seriously. And if we can really be targeted and invest in protecting those who are who are working right now to keep the rest of us safe, that could be a way where we could open up, even if we still see the odd outbreak here and there. Oz, thank you so much for talking to me about all of this today. Uh, No worries. Thanks, Ruby. As a a. 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Also in the news today, New South Wales recorded five new cases of COVID-19 yesterday, four international travellers in hotel quarantine and one case of local transmission. Health authorities say the local transmission case is linked to the cluster in Sydney's southwest. Jacinda Ardern has claimed a decisive victory in New Zealand's general election after a landslide result for the Labor Party. Ardern promised to rebuild following the COVID crisis and create an economy that works for everyone. And in the ACT, Labor has claimed victory in the Territory election, with the Chief Minister Andrew Barr set to maintain his coalition government with the Greens. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.